if you align the post-click experience with the context and expectations that a visitor had when they clicked on that ad, then conversions go way up. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Today we have Tyson Quick, who is the CEO of Instapage, which turns your ad clicks into conversions by providing an end-to-end solution for building, personalizing, and optimizing post-click experiences at scale. Tyson, how's it going? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to uh, to talking about you know everything that we've been working hard for the past couple of years on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So yeah, I mean, you know, Tyson and I were just talking kind of uh, pre-show how we've been trying to talk to each other for the past three years, but we haven't been able to get to each other. <laughs> so this is a very special interview for you all. So Tyson, I mean, can you give us a little background on on kind of you know your story? I gave a little kind of you know intro to Instapage, but what is your story and how did you get to Instapage? Yeah, definitely. So about six years ago now, actually going on seven, I had a different company that I was working on called Jounce, and we spent about a year building the product. And you know it was time to go to market, and so we started running digital ad campaigns, as most people do, to get some user adoption and some customer acquisition. You know, most products and services simply aren't. You know, if you build it, and they will come. You do have to <laughs> to do some advertising and promotion. And what we immediately saw is that we were converting very few of these ad clicks into signups. And, you know, we thought this was kind of ridiculous, ridiculous inefficiency, considering that when people choose to engage with an ad, they're already showing intent. And so we were kind of confused about why our conversions were, you know, sitting at like 3%. So we kind of had a hypothesis that there is like a big relevancy breakdown from like ad targeting to the place that we were sending them. And so we spent some time building out some more unique relevant pages and immediately saw an increase of conversion by like, I think about 200, 300%. And, you know, we started to look more and more into this problem and um, eventually made a decision that building out a solution that made this really easy for everyone would be a, a bigger business opportunity than the prior product that we had built. Um, mostly because the reason why we felt that most people still weren't doing this is because it took us like a couple of weeks and a lot of resources because we had to do this manually and with engineers and, and designers. And so we wanted to create an end-to-end solution to streamline this to make this easy enough for everyone to do. Awesome. And I mean, one thing that caught my curiosity, I mean, when you work on a product, you've got a team working on a product for a year. How do you make the tough decision? You know, at what point was it just like the the tipping point where it's like, we need to stop building this. We need to just go all in on, on, you know, this, this page builder uh, product or Instapage. Let's just call it Instapage. You know, I'm I'm kind of disservicing it by calling it a page builder product. So obviously you you saw the numbers, but how do you communicate that to the team and say, hey, we're going in this this direction? Because it's a hard decision, right? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, first of all, like too, like, you know, Instapage in its early days, like was like mostly about building pages quickly, like, but it has become much more than that. We can talk about that later. But the, the main thing there was like, it was kind of twofold. One, the prior company's business model ended up being more difficult than we had anticipated. And so we felt that it was probably, we were probably going to run out of capital if we continue to go down and try to pursue that that company's strategy. And second, on the second hand, we had this new idea that we ran an experiment on our own that we saw immediate value for, and we felt like this is a something that we can also just sell for on a software as a service type of model and provide to the market, and one that we thought was a tremendous inefficiency problem in a big market. Right? We said we like advertising is huge. It's on track to be three hundred billion. The beginning of next year, digital advertising market, and people are converting at like single digit percentages still. And you know, we we feel like then and still now there's a gigantic, you know, multi tens of billions of dollar opportunity to improve that efficiency gap. And so we we made the decision to pivot and uh, you know bootstrap for the next couple of years. We were like three or four people because we really didn't have much resources remaining after that pivot uh, just to get the early uh, beta product out to market. Got it. And how did you, when you decided to make the pivot, what did you, what was your message to investors? <laughs> yeah, I told investors that, you know, the current business model that we were pursuing ended up being more complex than we had originally anticipated. But secondly, we have discovered a more obvious business model and product that we believe serves a a, a bigger market and B has a more easier time easier time selling because it's like what is your existing conversion rate? How much are you spending on your ads? What would be the business impact if you could 2x or 3x that? It's such an easy way to present value to the market in a big market. And, and nothing really had really existed that was doing this really well. And so they said, you know, okay, well, it sounds like the company either goes out of business or we use the remaining like 10% of capital to, to do a Hail Mary Awesome. And then the Hail Mary worked out. I mean, the, the reason I asked this too is because I was just listening to an interview with uh, Mark Andreessen and he was just talking about um, Stuart Butterfield from Slack and how they had this gaming company and it was built on Flash and Apple just decided to, you know, basically kind of say no to Flash. And they they went back to investors and said, hey, we got this idea for chat and then uh, somehow it worked out. So um, I think it's a similar situation here. So going back to Instapage. OK, so, you know, what is your business model? How do you guys go about making money? Yeah, so Instapage is a software as a service product. We charge either on a monthly or annual basis. We have two business units right now. One is self-service, where we got our start, and then the second is enterprise, which is more of a focus of of what we've been focused on for the past two years. Awesome. And I'm looking at your homepage here. I mean, I think like a typical page might convert at three, four percent or so. And then I'm seeing that, you know, with Instapage, it jumps up to maybe 33 percent or or higher. We'll just leave it. at. How do you guys do that? Yeah. So first of all, like the average conversion rate right now, like the average aggregate conversion rate for for search, which is even higher than display, is about 3.8, 3.9 percent. And on our platform, it's around 20 to 22 percent. Wow. So the way that we really do that is the major kind of breakthrough, if you will, that we discovered is, and it's kind of common sense when you think about it, that if you align the post-click experience with the context and expectations that a visitor had when they clicked on that ad, then conversions go way up. So if you think about it, 
what we've discovered is, yeah, about 80% of people are not ready to convert, right? They're just engaging. They're maybe doing some product evaluation. They're checking out some services. So 80% of people aren't quite ready, but it's not 96% aren't, right? About 20% of people are ready, but you have to meet the expectations and the context that they had when they engaged with that ad. So then it becomes like, okay, well, how do we help people get more of these unique experiences at scale that are well-designed, they are optimized uh, for conversion for that specific business and that use case, and, and how can they be more personalized faster? And so we have built an end-to-end you know, conversion cloud is what we like to call it, that helps you create these page experiences faster. And it's not just like a design product. We have a lot of innovations built in the creation side, like Instablocks and Global Blocks and, and a couple other things there that help you speed the time to new creation. And then secondly, it's about personalization. It's about matching the content to the expectations for that ad. So you can look at your ads and integrate with your ad platforms and then change the content on the landing page experience to match the context. So as an example, like I might have a campaign for people searching for landing page templates and then another one for people searching conversion optimization software. And I'm going to create a different page for that, of course. But then I might want to just modify the content with personalization to have, for example, geographic differences. So if someone's coming from New York versus San Francisco, well, we might want to show testimonials from customers in San Francisco to the San Francisco people and testimonials to people in New York from uh, customers in New York as one small example. And then, of course, the, the last major piece of technology is um, that we have for now, we have a lot of stuff coming out, but uh, you'll have to stay tuned for that, but is, uh, is experimentation. So oftentimes you do want to look at engagement insights and so things like scroll depths and heat maps to help inform you of what you might want to to test through an A-B split test. Um, and here you're really just optimizing for, for layout, you're optimizing for page length, optimizing for these various things. Um, but really, it's it's really about the speed of deployment for new, unique experiences. Awesome. And so, you know, when, when I think about uh, you guys, because a long time ago it would be, you know, Instapage and your competitors and your competitors have been on this podcast too, but it sounds to me like you guys have really differentiated by making your, your software a lot more robust. You know, we talk about personalization, all these other experiences and new bells and whistles that are coming, right? Is that kind of the, the, the main thing that differentiates you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, like I said, like, I think I hadn't mentioned this to the, to the audience yet, but you know, our mission is to automate advertising conversion, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, we think that building landing pages is an important thing, but we think that what's more important is deploying personalized experiences at scale to facilitate conversion. And if that's our goal, then the whole custom building and stuff becomes less important. And what is more important is unique content and personalized dynamic content more than custom design. And so what we're really focused on now is being that best in breed advertising conversion platform. And, and less about just building landing pages or building pop-ups like some of our um, other competitors who have, you know, great products. But, yeah, they're de- definitely more focused on, you know, building pages and, and pop-ups versus, like, really thinking about the advertising conversion problem. Right. Makes sense. And so you did talk about the mission before we started. Uh, and how did you come up with this mission? Because I'm sure you didn't just start Instapage and say, hey, we're going to automate advertising conversion. Like, what happened? Like, how does one come fall into this mission? 
Yeah, for sure. And, and you're right. It didn't start with that. And, you know, we're talking like 2012 and we didn't have like machine learning APIs and like some, you know, web wasn't super evolved on uh, standardizations for design and stuff. And so really it's been the the evolution of where we see things going. So first it started with the problem, like how do we help people get more of these unique pages online faster? We need to help marketers build these and connect them to their tools. So we did that. And then, you know, we started looking more at the conversion rate optimization industry and where that has been going. And it's, it's increasingly, uh, about personalization, but the problem there is that it's still so manual and confusing. Everyone's like, okay, great. I have an AB testing product. I can maybe plug some different content in for a different user, but it's a very broad. People are doing it on web apps, mobile apps, websites. And secondly, you have to go and, and, and consume so much education that is oftentimes contradictory. And it's not specific to one specific user flow, like advertising clicks to page. And so what we realized is we don't want people don't want conversion rate optimization. That's a very like manual, laborious process. Yep. What they would prefer is conversion automation in a similar way that you have marketing automation, right? Marketing automation really is automated in the sense that once you set it up, once you create your your email audience uh, segments and you send them unique emails, you know it will continue to just populate those audiences and send emails for you. And so that's great. But what about the ad to page experience, right? And so this is where we see conversion automation coming in. How can we better connect the advertising targeting to the post-click experience? And then what can we do to streamline and automate the design? How can we facilitate the, you know, things like sentiment analysis on text on page? How can we help facilitate automated experimentation through automated A-B testing by by changing things up like layout on your behalf. And so really the next wave of where conversion is going, if we truly want this to scale, if we want every post-click experience to have a unique or every ad to have a unique post-click experience, then we need to make this automated, right? So everything that we're working on now for the next year or two is more about data science and more about automation and helping people just not have to do it. All, all the user is going to have to do is think about, you know, what is my brand and what is my unique message? None of this, like, what should I test and decide on my own? What should the layout look like? All these types of things, like we can use data science and also, you know, qualitative research to help augment this on user's behalf. And then of course, map it to the right ad targeting as well. And, and, and also in like a very friendly, you know, under, easy to understand way. And so some of these things that I'm talking about in, in kind of vagary are products that we're going to be releasing over the next six to, tw- to, to 12 months. Cool. So can we call this like ACRO, like automated conversion rate optimization? I just like to call it conversion automation. Okay. Oh, so CA, easy. Yeah. Cool. Great. So what numbers can you reveal around how the company is doing today? Could be uh, employees, growth rates, revenues, whatever you can reveal. Yeah, I mean, I can't reveal too much, um, you know, with, without like investor approval and everything. But I will say, like, the company just passed our 210th employee. You know, we're the largest company in this specific landing page experience market, and the company's valued at you know well over nine figures and growing you know faster than we ever have prior. Love it! Congrats on that. So early days uh, when you guys were not growing as fast or the biggest in the space, I mean, how did you go about acquiring, let's just call it your first three, 400 customers? 
Yeah, so it started very bootstrappy. You know, we started just coming out there and starting with a simple what we saw as a simpler user experience was one of our main like value propositions. We felt that the existing solutions, which were really one or two, uh, were still very cumbersome and took a lot of sophistication. If you're going to build more experiences faster, it needs to be easier. So we started with on simplicity. We also started with a different pricing model where we came out and you could basically pay per experience. We experimented with a lot of different things early days. And this really helped us kind of build up momentum and build a foundation of growth and let us stay competitive, even though we were bootstrapping. And now you know, we're only one of two companies to receive venture capital funding this space. The other company is now laid off most people on that business unit. And, you know, we've continued to stay really, really focused, I think, has been our main strategy since the early days to, to scale. Got it. Okay. And what do you think, I mean, what's one really effective thing you're doing in terms of customer acquisition today? Yeah, in all honesty, I think, you know, eating our own dog food and we really try to push our tool to its its limits and we have ourselves like hundreds of landing page experiences and we set up you know highly targeted you know ad targeting and then and then pair that with a unique landing page experience but secondly i would say that also we've invested tremendously in content since the very early days we've been pumping out like 3 to 4 high quality like blog articles education stuff you know, for the last like six years. That's per week? Yep. Got it. Okay, great. So, you know, aside from, you know, doing the pivot, I mean, what what is one big struggle you faced while growing Instapage? Yeah, well, I'd say like bootstrapping is really, really difficult, especially in when like our headquarters is in San Francisco. We had to, yeah. you know, early days we had to make a lot of really tough decisions on how to invest our capital. Um, you know, we had to do a lot of just messaging internally with employees to really sell the vision, probably more than a lot, even a lot of people do because we can rely on paying the highest salaries and, and stuff. So I'd say bootstrapping itself, like it's just brutal. But it helps create a lot of discipline. I'd say, secondly, hiring out our first round of like executive leadership. So when we hired like our VP of marketing and then our VP of sales, like really focusing on culture fit, like vision alignment, like raw skills, like talent, and you know any any one of those could have destroyed the entire company, especially in the early days. Mm-hmm. When we started moving towards more enterprise customers you know, we had to build our sales team from the ground up. We had like zero sales team. We, you know, got to our first 10 million, like without any sales team. And, you know, to get to like a hundred million, like we realized that the customers that have the most value for our product are advertisers and bigger advertisers. And they want to buy on a traditional like sales process where they can talk to someone, have someone help them with onboarding. And so we had to build that out from the ground up and hiring that VP of sales was like a really kind of uh, stressful and difficult uh, endeavor. Did you have to, I mean, so what happens is, you know, you're you're bootstrapping, you hire your first executive team, and then you realize you got to go for another round. And sometimes you have to top off executives, meaning you have to hire above them. Um, Has that ever happened for you? Not yet, actually. And it's funny because we hired the VPs when we were still bootstrapping. So 
you know, we, we raised our first like institutional round, like last April, $15 million round with Morgan Stanley expansion capital. And they didn't have any mandates on like, you must hire like these people. We still own a majority stake of the company. They have like suggestions, but we haven't hired, we haven't needed to hire above them yet. I think that as we get closer to an, like an IPO, you know, if we're, if we're successful in, in making that happen, then at that point, you know, we'll probably establish some like C-level executives that we will hire above like our VPs. And it's one of the reasons too that we've like kept most of our executive slots open because I don't believe that you really need C-level until you're at least nearing 50 to $100 million in revenue or you're 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 preparing for an IPO uh, because the VP leadership is should be good enough to drive that department's growth. And then once you get to these big numbers, these you know you're looking at trying to create new business units and and going after increasing these sophisticated clients and and driving you know public value. You're probably going to need a seasoned veteran, a very seasoned veteran that's probably been there before um, to take over that C level position. I love it. All right. Great. So wrapping up, we've got a couple more questions uh, before we finish off. What is one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value to your life? So it could be like an app like Evernote or it could be like a physical thing like a Peloton bike. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that this is actually a product software, but it had a, it's had a huge impact on our product organization and its product board. Oh, yeah. They used to be a client. <laughs> nice. And yeah. what we really love about it is there's always these debates around like, what should we prioritize? Why should we prioritize it? And then we would try to message to the rest of the company, like why we're doing something. But it was like not super scientific in nature. Now with Product Board, our entire organization can submit inputs. So our customer success team, our sales team, our marketing team, the, myself as the founder, we can all submit proposals that then are triaged from a difficulty perspective, a level of importance perspective, um, and even rank things based on like how innovative we think it is, and then show people on a diagram of like why things from a scientific perspective should be prioritized in the way that they are. And so now there's no like just debates around like, why are we doing this? Like, I disagree with you. Like, it used to be so much friction around like getting buy-in on prioritization and increasingly it's becoming easier to just say like look at the this is important kind of important but it's really hard to make whereas this other thing over here is like is is more important and not quite as hard to build but you can see them all presented in a visual way um, and this is just supercharged like streamline our product organization and our ability to focus Wow, I feel like you could probably use that for not just product but any type of like uh, even creatives right I, yeah, I was think, actually thinking about that. Like someone needs to create like a marketing board. Maybe it's a business model for you right here. Yeah. You create like a marketing board where like the marketing team does a similar thing. Like what's the difficulty of this campaign or event or whatever? And like what is the possible impact to business? And so I think every department, frankly, needs this type of like visual prioritization ranking type of system because I truly believe that like prioritization is one of the most uh, impactful in both a positive or negative way and ver- and stressful things. Like we're all, all this cognitive load and cognitive like and, and emotional like anxiety and stuff goes into constant questions for like department leaders and stuff. Like, are we doing the most important impactful things right now? Like, and it's just kind of 
been stuck in people's heads to be like, you know, I think it is, but other people are like, no, I think this is, but yeah, I got this gut feeling. You got this yeah. gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's mostly this gut feel stuff. And I think we need to get past that, especially with how complex everything's becoming. Like, you know, like building companies is increasingly complex. If for nothing else that you have global audiences and dozens of potential marketing channels, like, and, you know, global competition. So things are complex and we need ways to reduce that complexity in like a, in a visual yet data backed manner. Right. I love it. All right. Final question from my side. What is one must read book you'd recommend to everyone? One must read book. I would say the sales acceleration formula by Mark Roberts. Yep. Got it. Yep. Great book. Fantastic book. I think that's, it was one of the game changer books for us as we we're really thinking about, do we want to stay as a self-service tech platform or do we want to move into sales? And one thing that I'll say about that is I, I truly believe that far too many software companies, they try to stick to just the self-service. And I, you know, I was there myself. I think everyone's a little bit naive about that at the beginning. But as your company gets bigger, you start to realize that the buying behavior of a bigger company is far different than you are when you're just like a solopreneur or you're a small startup and you're like spending your every dollar of yours like as you get bigger it's about like how can we adopt value-based solutions faster and you're willing to pay more money for that and i think a lot of people end up stagnating or failing because they never make the transition to sell to bigger companies yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that one too. I mean, you know, the, you, people start out. I mean, you look at your, your, you know, look at the competitors in the space. Everyone's starting out like twenty nine dollars a month and forty nine dollars a month. You just can't get that big, and plus you have churn issues with the smaller clients. Um, and then you you guys go up market, which is kind of you know everyone's going up market now. Then you can charge a lot more, and they stay a lot longer too. So um, yeah, I, I, I you know I plus one on that book. It's a great book. Yeah. Just the one thing I was going to add is like, it's just, it just comes down to it. Like, you know, if you want to create a hundred million dollar business, like try to figure out how a thousand people are going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Are you adding a hundred thousand dollars of value? Not everyone's business will, will work for that, but most software products are not super broad in, in their nature. They're going to be specific value for a specific persona in a specific industry. And you need to charge accordingly. It's going to be much harder to do that at $10 a month, right? You're going to have to have a hundred thousand or more customers paying you that to, to even work, get anywhere close to those numbers. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, people can read the pricing blogs out there. I'm, I'm sure you read profit. Well, um, they got good stuff there all day. Uh, so Tyson, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Yeah, so I have a I have quite a bit of followers on Twitter, so LinkedIn or Twitter would probably be the best avenues. All right, thanks so much, Tyson. Alrighty, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.